Hey, how's it going? It's Robin Smith, and it's time for The Robin Smith Show for Sunday, September 24th, 2023. Welcome, welcome, one and all. If you're new here, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, This is my podcast where I talk about suicide prevention. No, I talk about many things, but uh, it's the last Sunday in September, and many of you might know that uh, it's Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and... Yeah, before we're out of September, I just want to talk a little bit about this uh, at the top. I actually wanted to read to you. I don't do a lot of this on the show, and I kind of want to start doing more of it. Um, I don't know. I When I started the podcast, I imagined there would be kind of different segments. And oh, also, yeah, no guest today. Um, yeah, d- different segments, and one of them... You know, I, I I I don't know what it would be. Again, I'm still sort of piecing this thing together. But um, instead of it being like impulsive or just on a whim or spontaneous, having more of a little bit, a little more thought out plan, and uh, you know, something that maybe listeners can look forward to and and expect on like I don't know, like the like say the fourth Sunday of the month or something like that. I don't know. I'm still I'm thinking out loud here, but um. Yeah, uh, on suicide prevention, there's something I want to say about it. But first, I'm going to share with you all an article written by the lovely Molly J. Scanlon, a good friend of mine, former guest of the show. Uh, I got to have Molly back on, actually. It's been way too long. Um, But she, uh, from time to time, will write articles for my practice, the Couple and Family Clinic. And... um, Yeah, I wanted to share one of her articles. So this is from Molly J. Scanlon. Suicide Prevention Month, Empathy and Support in Moments of Crisis. Uh, In the time it will take you to read this article, about 12 minutes, one person will have died by suicide. Uh, This is from the Center for Disease Control Prevention. Notice I did not say committed suicide. If you think about it, what other acts do we often say one committed? A crime? A sin? A person who dies by suicide is neither criminal nor sinner. They are a human being like you and me, who was in so much pain, they were determined to find relief in any form. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States and has become a public health crisis. It is preventable and talking about it can save lives. Each one of us has a responsibility to prepare for when someone close to us needs our non-judgmental empathy and support. In this article, I hope to change common perceptions and misconceptions of suicide. But most importantly, I hope to help you feel a little bit more confident supporting a loved one through what may be the most difficult time of their life. Okay, so Molly writes, Myth. Suicide is a selfish act. Fact, people who are contemplating suicide want connection to others and and to feel accepted. They are simply in so much inner pain that they doubt the ability of others to help or they perceive ending their life as a way to get some relief from the pain without becoming a burden on their loved ones. The kind of heavy depression that contributes to suicidal thoughts is a mental illness that discourages connection and encourages isolation. Sitting with someone as they experience that kind of suffering is an act of deep caring. Myth. If someone is set on ending their life, there's nothing a person can do to stop them. Fact. People who are considering suicide are fairly ambivalent about death. Um, I, I want to talk about that a little bit later. 
<clears throat> back to the article, it's that they are in so much pain and inner turmoil that they have become fixated on one means of ending their suffering. If they knew there were other ways to ease their intolerable suffering in time, they might open up to the possibilities. The next myth, talking about suicide makes it worse. Fact, when someone is in so much psychological pain that they are considering ending their life, the stigma of suicide often prevents, from, prevents them from reaching out for help. They want to talk. They aren't sure if it's safe to do so. It is difficult to admit, even to people we love and who we know love us, that we are struggling with mental illness. Imagine trying to work up the courage to tell that person you don't want to live anymore because you can't imagine living this way any longer. The fear and stigma that pers that person experiences is powerful. Acknowledge their pain and ask the question that can start a life-saving conversation. Are you thinking about ending your life? So Molly shares, um, this is from the National Institute of Mental Health, um, five action steps for helping someone in emotional pain. Step one, ask, are you thinking about killing yourself? Two, keep them safe. Reduce access to lethal items or places. Three, be there. Listen carefully and acknowledge their feelings. And I want to just kind of uh, add on to that. When someone's expressing their feelings, um, you don't have to agree with anything they're saying. That's not what's needed here. To be there and to listen and to acknowledge their feelings is an act of caring, like Molly said. It's an act of love. It's an act of compassion, and it provides a really, really important step in offering hope, which is to validate. You can validate their feelings without agreeing with them. So often is the case, and I see it all the time, all the goddamn time, uh, professionally and personally, um, so often is the case that people want to they want to offer reassurance and say, you know, oh, no, it's it's okay. Like, it'll be okay. It's not that bad, you know. Or, you know, you've got so much to live for, right? Those are, those are sort of this writing reflex, this helping response. It's compassionate. It seems to be pure compassion. But what's happening is when someone offers that is that they're missing the mark of just acknowledging the person's feelings. Usually the listener doesn't feel comfortable with what the person is saying, their own feelings feel a little dysregulated and they're trying to regulate that by just, you know, offering reassurance. So really drop the need to do that and just be there and validate like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense that you're feeling hopeless given everything you're saying, you know, that's validation. So I just want to kind of parse apart to validate someone is deeply healing and you can validate someone without co-signing or subscribing to anything that they're saying. Validation is just, oh, okay, that makes sense. Given your perspective, given your experiences, I can see, I can understand why you would be feeling that way, all right? Sorry, back to the text here. Um, again, from uh, NIMH. Uh, step four, help them connect. Save the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number. That's 1-800-273-8255. And finally, stay connected. Follow up and stay in touch after a crisis. Um, okay, so Molly says, what to say? It is not easy to sit with someone in pain. We feel helpless. We want to fix or solve the problem. We want them not to hurt any longer, 
not knowing what to say can compound these anxious feelings. So here are some recommended ways of asking about suicide and providing support. Are you thinking about ending your life? As a crisis counselor for the crisis text line, I was trained to ask every texter about the risk of suicide and move through a series of steps if there is an affirmative answer. But anyone can ask the first, most important question. I encourage you to practice saying it out loud in a variety of forms to help with the initial anxiety of being in a crisis situation. Another question, quote, Are you in so much pain that you're thinking about killing yourself? Being direct and clear is important. If we allude to suicide but don't directly ask, then ambiguity can cloud our efforts. Are you thinking dark thoughts is vague. And are you thinking about hurting yourself won't make sense to the person because they see suicide as an end to the pain, not the cause of it. Another question, quote, are you considering taking your own life? If the answer is yes or sometimes then you can seek the following resources on behalf of the person. Both the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline and the Crisis Text Line are prepared to support third-party callers, texters, which means we are trained to help you support your loved one through the conversation. Ooh, excuse me. Um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, so, so there's just an infographic to read here. You are not alone. If you're in crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Uh, I believe I just read that number, but uh, there's another, there's a text line. So you can use the crisis text line. So text NAMI, that's N as in Nancy, A, M as in Mary, I, that stands for the National Alliance for Mental Illness, I believe, uh, NAMI. So text NAMI to 741741. Um, okay, resources for reaching out in moments of crisis. Obviously, 911, if there's an imminent risk and you are concerned for the person's safety, you can call your local law enforcement agency. They are trained to help. Um, Veterans Press One. And then there's uh, resources for better understanding and empathizing. Um, Yeah, that's the uh, five action steps. So I can throw up actually a link to these resources. They don't translate to audio very well. Um, I'll I'll throw them up in the show notes. You are not alone. To help raise awareness and break down stigma, you can share resources, stories, and support. So Molly offers, finally, um, self-care for the caring and caregivers. Now, just as... So back to the text from from Molly J. Scanlon. Now, just as I have been told each time I learn and discuss suicide prevention, I encourage you to take a moment for yourself. Suicide is a heavy topic, and it may be helpful to do some intentional breathing debrief with a friend or colleague or journal for a minute. Do whatever you need to do to process any emotions or thoughts that came up as you read this or as you heard this, including this acknowledgement. Thank you for being open to learn more and join the ranks of millions of Americans committed to suicide prevention. Okay. So I wanted to, um, I, I book, I dog-eared something while I was reading that to you that I wanted to say. Uh, and that's, that's the view that I've talked about before on the show on viewing suicidal thoughts and suicidal action plans um, and indeed suicide attempts as um, a one part of the rich vastness that is a person. So I think every, I think it's reasonable and I think 
pretty easy to understand that if someone's suicidal, like that's not the totality of them. That's not the wholeness of them. They're not defined by their suicidality or suicidal thoughts or impulses. That is a part of them. And again, if you're a longtime listener, you know that I look at all of the activities of mind as uh, personified beings, a, an inner family in, inside, an inner society, an inner community. So the part of you that would attempt suicide or the part of you that might consider suicide or think about killing yourself, that's a part and it's not to be demonized. It's not to be um, medicated away. It's not to be meditated away. It's not to be ignored. It's actually to be appreciated for its intention to help. Because at the end of the day, the person does not want to have to kill themselves. And that part of them doesn't want to have to kill them. They are, it's a mercy killing. The part knows that it's going down with the ship. It doesn't want to have to do that. But most often, these parts are just kind of backed into a corner and they're like, I don't see any hope. I don't see any other way out of the pain. This is the only way I can save him or her or them. And uh, and when you treat the part with respect and humility and curiosity, when you ask it to tell it more about it, to tell you more about itself, and you do approach it with that true loving openness and patience, it'll talk to you. It will say something back. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, how do I say this? I've come to, I've come to see that you can negotiate with these parts and they don't trust that it's true that there is hope. Uh, and most of them, almost all of them, they don't trust that change is possible and you can negotiate. I'm speaking now as a, as a provider, as a mental health practitioner, um, you can negotiate with them. And so a lot of times they're just like, well, I don't think there's any reason to trust you. I don't think you're, tr- you're right about this. There's really no other way out. And I, I'll tell them, okay, that makes sense. Would you, would you give me a shot? Would you let me and this person see if we could go to the, the parts of them that are carrying the pain, if we could heal or change those other parts that you want to get away from, that you want to relieve this person from experiencing? If we could do that, you know, what might, like, what, what might you like to do instead of having to kill this person? And very often the part will say, well, I don't think you can do that, but uh, if I didn't have to protect them from feeling these terrible feelings, then I would really like to help coach them or advise them on why life is worth living, either for themselves or to help other people in times of darkness. You know, so very often these parts will want to do a very different job from the job they're, they seem to be condemned to do. They seem to be burdened with. Uh, so again, these are really, these are heroic parts. They're just trying to save the person 
it doesn't look like that to the outside world because we just see those parts as dangerous, you know, because very often they're successful, right? I mean, the statistics on suicide uh, among veterans is is horrifying. Um, but anyone who commits suicide, they're carrying a lot of pain and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, and in fact, if you're listening and you know someone who has killed themselves, you might be hearing me, you know, you might be thinking like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? This is so insensitive. He's, he's sending the wrong message. Like, no, these parts are terrible. You know, the, the, it's, and, or, or you might be thinking like, what the, he's pathologizing a person by considering them multiple personality disorders. Like, I get that it's a totally different paradigm of the mind. Um, but that the same is true. If you've lost, if you know someone or if you've lost someone to suicide, I am almost, I'm almost positive that you, you carry that, um, that sadness or that guilt. Um, like, oh, like maybe I should have said something. Maybe I could have done something. If only I had reached out, you know, maybe that could have helped them you know, not be so hopeless. Um, and, and so too, that thought or that voice or that belief is also a part of you. And um, you can really work skillfully with these parts, um, usually not on your own. Usually you want to do this with a therapist. Um, but yeah, it is my view. It's, it's pretty strange, actually, as a, li- as a license holder. Like I'm licensed by the state of Maryland, and there are certain, you know, um, required acts that you as a provider have to do if you're working with someone experiencing suicidality or who, who has, you know, attempted suicide. And you, know, you have to contract and have a, a safety plan, you know. And the safety plans that therapists do, they're like, you know, what's, let's think about what's worth living or what's worth living for. Or what are some protective factors? You know, do you have a responsibility to your family or your children or a pet? You know, what keeps you going? Or who can you call when you have thoughts of um, uh, a suicide? Which, by the way, that's not a bad thing to, to think about resources. Like, who can you reach out to? I'm, I'm not, that's not bad at all. But what I'm saying is that the message that that will send the part the one that wants to kill the person, the message that sends is you're the boogeyman and you're bad. And we want to, we want to get this person the hell away from you as quickly as possible because we don't want you any, we don't, we don't want you anywhere near this person. Um, but getting the person away from the part that's trying to offer ideas about taking their life is not really, it's not really addressing the the root cause. It's not really respecting the the part that wants to kill them. Again, this is very it's very unorthodox, but what I'm saying is if you treat that part as a person with personhood, with dignity, with respect, if you treat it that way, it will talk back to you. It will. Um and again, this is, you know, just like don't you don't have to take my word for it. Um the, the, but you could get this wrong if you're not approaching it the correct way. I, I have to underline it, it must be from a place of pure, of true, pure curiosity, true humility, true openness, no agenda other than I, I'd like to, I'd like to hear what you have to say. If you're truly curious and not afraid, 
it'll talk to you. It won't necessarily talk to you if you're asking on like if you if it's just like a script or something, you know. Uh, or if you have an agenda, like I just want to find out more about you so I can, you know, beat you and win so that you don't you don't kill me or you don't kill my 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 kid or whatever. That's not true curiosity. That's not true curiosity. That's not true openness. So I, I want to just emphasize that. Um, you, you have inner beings inside and they will talk to you if you approach them with respect. And so that's the, that's the view of internal family system therapists, systems therapists. Um, that's the view of, of other, um, I, I don't know if it's true of all shamans, but people who work on the inside world know this is true. Uh, and it's not very, common in Western medicine or the, the medical model. It's certainly not the case from a, a psychiatric point of view. Um, anyway, good God, here we are. I'm 20 minutes in. Um, I knew that would happen, but anyway, it's, it's September's last, um, Sunday in September. I'm recording this on the 22nd. Um, but yeah. And if you have questions again, like I'm here, I'm here. If I, I, I do want to hear from everyone who listens, if you do have a suggestion for a guest or a topic to cover. Um, but if you have a question about what I'm saying now on, on suicidality, you can write the show at robinsmithshow at gmail.com. Um, you can leave a voicemail or text the show's hotline 301-458-0883. Um, okay. So, Let's move to, it's probably, a, actually, here's a good chance to, a good opportunity to um, to share another musical track um, from my friend Jason Cohen, um, his project Collapser. And the, at last week I shared uh, a track from the new album Parallel Destinies. And so today I want to share with you um, Sunday Farfisa. Enjoy.
right. So that was Sunday Farfisa. And uh, yeah, check out Collapser's album, Parallel Destiny, Parallel Destinies, excuse me. Uh, we'll have a link there in the show notes. Um, I was going to talk about more things, but then, you know, that topic on the front end took up a lot of time here. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll just say this. I, I probably have more to share, but did you all see the video uh, on BBC, the alien body that the Mexican doctor from Peru has this little alien? I mean, if you Google, let me see if I can, if you didn't see it, alien body Peru. Probably that's all you need. Yeah, there you go. Just alien body Peru. You'll find it. Mummified alien corpses from apparently a thousand years ago. I call bullshit. I, Jamie Mausan, M-A-U-S-S-A-N, a Mexican, Mexican journalist and longtime UFO enthusiast. Um, I don't know, man. Go, go, <laughs> go look at the videos. Uh, more to say there, but I just have to go. Damn, I'm going to save these topics for uh, for next week, okay? Uh, although I do need to say, um, Washington Commanders, we're, <laughs> I hear people, the DJs on the radio are like, undefeated, undefeated, you're undefeated Commanders. Well, it's early in the season. We're 2-0. We're going to face the Bills this Sunday. Um, hell of a game. My God, if you saw the Broncos game, what a comeback. What a comeback. Uh, yeah. Are we going to, again, I, let's go for three, baby. Let's go for three. The, the Buffalo Bills are one and one. Um, so, yeah, let's see how we do. Go Commanders and um, take care of yourselves. I'll see you next week. Or no, 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 wait, not next week. My intention is to see you next week, but, <laughs> but I may or may not get to it. I got to change my sign-off. My sign-off is until next time or see you later or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. What do I, use, what do I say? I don't know what I say. This is getting weird now. All right. Until next time. The Robin Smith Show is produced by me, Robin Smith. Executive produced by Robin and Kelly Glenn Smith at Team Robley. Theme song by The Very Small. The show is engineered by one of my alters, Games Nabisco. Listeners can get in touch by calling or texting the hotline at 301-458-0883. Messages can be sent to robinsmithshow at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Disclaimer, this podcast is for general information purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, psychotherapy, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. Note, no therapist-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information is at the listener's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Mm-hmm.